Lauren's long hair was waving in the wind as they were getting further and further away from the house. The heat was scorching the earth, and clouds of dust were rising behind them. Their military land rover was bouncing up and down, and Tom wondered if they were going to be safe in this car, with no doors and no roof. He was holding tight on the side of his seat as the car was making its way through the dirt road. The scenery was out of an Australian outback, red land covered with small bushes. As far as he was concerned, this could be any Australian island, or it could be any other part of the world. Where are we going? asked Tom. He looked at Lauren. She was struggling to keep the car steady as it kept driving towards an undetermined destination. Lauren, oh god, she said she was his sister? He still could not remember anything, and he was still not sure what to think or even what to believe. His brain was mobbed of images from the past day, appealed faces, death looming around. What was all that? We're going to the other side of the island. Lauren threw a piece of paper in his lap. What's this? Tom looked at the paper. It looked like a sketch with three red X marks and few other signs that he could not understand. The map. The map, repeated Tom with a quizzical look on his face. Yes, it's everything we know that's on the island. She then pushed for brakes and stopped the car. We're here. She pointed at a place near the south shoreline. We got to get here. She traced with her finger upon the map, a way that led to the other side of the island, in the north. Tom stared at the map, and then at Lauren, his blue eyes squinting in the sun. Follow this path. Lauren showed Tom a line on the trail. There are not too many lines of a map, and it seems to be an easy task. Okay, Tom nodded wearily. Can you tell me what is going on? Not now, yelled Lauren. We got to hurry. She stepped on the acceleration pedal, leaving behind clouds of red dust. They drove. No talking, just Tom steering Lauren as the map showed. He did not know where he was or where he was going, but instinct told him to listen to what this woman was asking of him, and so he did. After what seemed like hours, they cleared the open road and entered the woods. We made it. 
Warren sighed tiredly, invisibly relaxed. Right, he paled, shaking the water bottle that was empty. Right. We don't have any more water, you know that, do you? Yeah, but we're here. She stopped the car. Warren stepped out and ga started gathering tree branches. Come on, Tom, help me. We gotta cover it, hide everything that reflects light. She started throwing the green branches onto the Land Rover. All right, all right. I think this is good. Warren took a step back to inspect her work. Let's go. She handed him a heavy bag while she carried another. He followed her. She seemed to know where she was going, even though there was no path and there were no signs. At 6'2", Tom could see above her head, but there was nothing yet that would signal other human presence or life. Suddenly, his feet became wiggly, and he fell. Do you want to take a break? Warren asked. We can do that now. Yeah, said Tom, getting up. Here. And he put his bag next to a stump. Warren came and sat next to him. You really don't remember anything? I remember... Appealed faces. Death. Tom... Oh, stop. Warren interrupted. You're my brother. Our parents died in a car accident when we were very young. We were in foster care until we ran away. Warren glanced at the ground, running her fingers through her long auburn hair. They found us. They brought us here. Just as they do with all people who don't have family, that nobody would bother or care about enough to trace. They? He inquired, and Tom took out the map that Warren gave him before. And what did these even represent? He pointed a finger at each of the three X's on the map. Warren took a deep breath. Sarah paced back and forth between the branches, curling her feet around the bark-covered limbs, as quietly, quietly as she could. She watched the two below hurriedly dash about, covering their mechanical transport vehicle. <laughs> Stupid! She fought to think they went unseen on such an island as this. How easily she could take them out of her claws, she pondered. But now is not the time to strike. Here in the treetops, Zara craved more. But more watching, more observing, and more reporting were needed first. Zara hunkered down beneath a knot in the canopy's many tree branches and cracked open a cocoa nut. Drinking its milk, she sloppily let it run down the sides of her mouth and trickle to her barren throat. Her chest heaved as she drank in the nutrition from the sacred food, and she let out a small breath at its finish. Below, the male and female were searching for their packs, no doubt for food or drink, Sarah surmised. If only they knew that just ahead was an area ripe for the picking of anything they could need to survive. But these two were not native. Hell! No one was native, but Zara had been long enough. She thought the island was hers, and she had proven her expertise in assassination efficiently, if not quickly. They, the ones in the shadows, had grown to let things slide, because Zara had proven herself indispensable in bringing back the damned. 36 to date, 
She reminisced. How lovely they had tasted on the night of the banquets. Her skin roasted to a grand honey brown, juicy, just warm enough to kill off the vile nuisances that can destroy such a tasty treat. The days before experiments were formed to her now, Zara could only think of her life here in the trees and among the rocks that littered the barren landscape. Her senses had changed after the second round of injections, giving her the edge she had needed to run. There was no keeping up with her after those doses, and she wondered if that was why they had made the serums less powerful since her escape. Freedom here isn't what it was all cracked up to be. She had traversed this island for more of a month's time and never found a rat off. Starving, she came back to the oasis, seeking out food and rest in the canopy of the trees. That's when they had found her and offered her the deal. Look at you there, with all your speed and finesse. Do you like what we've given you? Zara had looked on, head cocked to the side, as if a kitten looking at a toy. Tell you what, we've talked and have an idea. By now, you know there's no way out of here. So what do you say to a little partnership of sorts? We let you live, and you bring back anyone else that escapes. You'll be rewarded each time you do, and you'll get to return to your little slice of heaven right here in the island's Sunset Valley. Do you like the cocoa and bushnell berries we've planted here? They're quite tasty, yes? Zara pondered the ultimatum. There was really no way out of the deal that she could see, so it occurred to her to find her own winning side, albeit a little unorthodox. But being so meant, it would fit right in. It seems we have a deal. On one condition. I get to choose who comes back alive or dead. You get them either way, but I choose how. I like the hunt, but it may end differently depending on the prey. Who knows? Me going after animals is one thing. I've grown adept and agile at the art. Zara sharpened her nails on a rock she kept in her pocket. But I want to get to know my prey before striking. I want to do it how I see fit. They fought it over amongst themselves for a few minutes while Zara stood watching and waiting, wondering if a bullet was going to find a way to her skull. Moments later, the man turned to her and began to speak. All right, all right, you've got a deal. So we'll be out to collect you if you do not deliver. Watch for the lights on the river. If they are on, someone has escaped, and we will trust that you will return them to us in a timely manner. Good hunting, Z46. Below, Lauren and Tom did their best to feed themselves on what was packed away in their bags, taking care to portion what they could. Tom especially liked the cashew-looking nuts and wondered if he had them before. Hmm. Lauren, on the other hand, saw how little Tom had drank and began to get worried. Here, take this. Lauren reached out and gestured to Tom with a canteen. Is it water? No. Just drink it. It'll help with your stamina for tomorrow's hike. This area is going to be brutal, and we've got a lot to cover. 
until we get to the first X on the map. I just don't get why we're hopping from X to X. There's gotta be something better than this pirate map you've concocted. How do you know what will be at these places anyway? Warren sighed and considered telling Tom the truth. But she thought it was best to tell him as little as possible, until his memory recovered. After all, the less he knew, the less of a target he'd be for the uppers in the shadows. She knew they were out there, the Night Slayers. Stories of them had made their way around the underground for a few years now. People disposed of in the dark by creatures in the night. There was no telling when they were around or what their purpose was. But Lauren knew that there were a few places that had never been reported, and those were the places the two of them would try hiding out until they can get the hell out of here altogether. You'll just have to trust me on this one. Let's just say there is more to this island than either of us realize. She took back the canteen and took a swig. The citrus and malt washed over her tongue like a warm beer, nasty and hard to choke back. Should we camp here for the night? I think we should... Tom tried to continue. Fuck no! We don't camp ever at all! There is no stopping Tom. Not once, not at all. We've already been here too long. We could have already been spotted for all we know, though. I admit, there are no lights up on the river yet, so that's a good sign. Lights? River? What the hell are you talking about? Tom was getting frustrated and worn out from the day's travels. Oh, look. They light up the river with these lantern things whenever someone escapes. It signals that there is a search going on. Kinda, kinda like the Great Wall, remember? With the, with the signal fires? Tom tried hard to recall. <sighs> Things are still fuzzy at best, Lauren. Give me a break. No time for breaks of any kind. A break can mean death, bro. Gotta get with it. After the tense conversation, Tom packed up what was left of the food in his pack and followed Lauren to the border of a seemingly welcoming tree line. Beyond here, there was no telling what they would encounter, and now Tom was more nervous than before. Lock him down and make sure you're ready. Shoot everything that moves. Sounds like a plan. Which X are we heading to first? Lauren thumbed around at the map and pointed out one to the northwest. This one first. There should be food on the way for us to restock. Just keep an eye on what the birds eat. We eat what they eat and nothing else. She made brief eye contact before continuing. No water either from the river. It's got to be boiled first. Got it. Let's go then. Zara dozed on and off as she normally did while resting. Never sleeping, but not fully awake either. There was no sleeping in this life now. That was a luxury afforded to only those of belonging and purpose on the mainland. She was glad she couldn't remember much from that time. Her heart had turned cold over the last few years. There was no going back to who she once was after the experiments. That much she knew. Hearing a rustling below, she made quick work of getting to the trunk of a tree to hide herself, feet nimble enough not to rustle. The leaves actually came in quite handy during the night hours. As she overheard whispering of a distance, she realized she may have dozed just a bit too long and had lost her bearings of the two newcomers. But pursuing them would have to wait. Her dinner, a nice plump desert vulture, was down feasting on a rodent of some sort. Zara had reservations for a juicy meal tonight. 
She is going to need her energy to keep up after the two escapees, after all. In one leap, Zira made it to the ground and all the way opened her arms just enough to break her fall on the last branch of a tree below her. Swiping down just below her knees, she caught the neck of a bird of her razor-like nails and sliced it clean off its body. The decapitated bird lay bleeding, its legs twitching from a nerve response of death. The flesh was tough. But who could complain? Zara loved having a fresh kill as her nightly punishment. The meat still warm when it reached her belly, she chewed up what was left and spread the bones out over the forest floor. It was time to take to the trees, and she needed to make up the few hours she had let the escapees get ahead of her. Scaling the trunk of the nearest birch, Zara made easy work of ascending to the canopy. This was her favorite time of day, with a blackened sky small glittering stars above her. Her feet started to do what they do best as they wrapped around branch after branch and propelled her forward. Scent locking the male in the forest was easy, as his pheromones were dominantly present in the evening air. Breathing them in deeply, she turned a quick corner of birches and rose another thirty feet in the air. Tonight's entertainment would be how long it would take for her to reach them. And oh, how she loved a good hunt.